For WCYB Digital Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. Joining me today is David Powell, CEO at the Federal Business Council, a producer of events to foster meaningful engagement for federal government agencies, the Department of Defense, and the intelligence community throughout the United States. To learn more about our sponsor, visit fbcinc.com. David, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. I wanted to start with a broad question. How important is cybersecurity becoming when we talk about federal agencies? And are you seeing this as a rising trend? Paul, we are seeing the trend continue to rise. It's been a hot topic for 20 plus years and it's getting hotter. It's the common pervasive thread between all agencies. It's on everyone's list, regardless of the agency mission. So it is a continuously renewable topic. I wanted to read a stat off to you from Dell Tech, and they said the demand for vendor-supplied cybersecurity products and services by the U.S. federal government will increase from $15.8 billion in fiscal year 2023 up to $20.1 billion in fiscal year 2027. David, does that spending reflect what you're seeing? I mean, you have your finger on the pulse here, holding a lot of conferences, dealing with federal agencies. I feel like you have a lot to say here. It does. The number sounds very consistent with what is happening in the real world marketplace out there. And it's interesting that 25 years ago when we were doing these similar events and talking about cybersecurity, which was called something different back then, and there was relatively no budget for it, we were still seeing cyber attacks or what was the state of the art for attacks back then. And even though there are billions of dollars being spent, we're still seeing even increased levels of attacks and increased vulnerabilities. So the spending is definitely right rising with the trend, and we are seeing that across the board. Cybercrime Magazine was at the 2023 Cyber Maryland Conference, which was produced by FPC. The conference works to expand and educate the cybersecurity industry in the state of Maryland, including government and academia. We interviewed a bunch of attendees on some pressing issues. Let's listen to a clip from Dr. Blair Taylor, director of the Cybersecurity Center at Towson University, talking about Maryland being the best place for all things cybersecurity. Well, first of all, where we're located, so close to all the three-letter agencies, in particular the National Security Agency and many of the other CISA and everything like that. Additionally, the many universities and community colleges we have that are true leaders in not only cybersecurity research, but cybersecurity education. David, I was hoping you could expand upon this for our listeners. Why is Maryland an epicenter for all things cyber? Maryland is a confluence of a lot of the different factors that were just mentioned. Students, government agencies, companies that are in the cybersecurity world and opportunities and mission. So all of these things are happening simultaneously and Maryland seems to be well positioned just because it's all naturally happening here and we've had this ecosystem in place to support the development of cybersecurity professionals, tools, government agencies, and so forth, along with the contractor community that serves them. It really just creates a very ground for developing cybersecurity solutions and for cybersecurity education. So what was mentioned was how all of these things are happening simultaneously, and it's been happening that way for years. It's just a unique blend. One of the other things that makes Maryland completely different than other states is we have a legislature that's been extremely supportive and forward-thinking on cyber to create not only tax incentives for companies to engage in cybersecurity work, but also to develop education programs, grants, and an environment that's conducive to growing a cybersecurity company. So all these things coming together create a very enriched environment for cybersecurity development. What do you think about the focus on, I know you, FBC, and a lot of the conferences you hold probably interface with universities because there is such a large university base in Maryland, but do you think there's enough focus on when we talk about high schools and going down to those younger students, maybe getting them into cybersecurity earlier on? 
the level of professionalism in cyber education is getting to the earlier and earlier grades. And we see amazing cybersecurity programs at the high school level. It's pushed into the middle school level at this point. So students that are coming up through school are able to understand the careers that are available to them in cybersecurity. There are programs to help them become educated and aware, and then also develop into either operations-based people or head on to additional education at the universities. So Maryland has a very good flowing system to bring students up and through the education cycle and into the cybersecurity workforce. One of the other topics we kept hearing about at the Cyber Maryland Conference was quantum. And I want to play you a clip from Laura Baker, Executive Director, Cyber Wyoming, who talked to us about quantum computing, which again was a super hot topic at this conference. Let's take a quick listen. Getting ready for quantum computing is one of the things that I worry about the most, because if the government isn't ready, then small businesses aren't either. And I worry about the clients that we've worked with over the last six years and how they're going to securely authenticate to a lot of their cloud systems. David, clearly quantum is on the mind. I was wondering if you could expand a bit more on this for our listeners and tell us your thoughts. Sure. This was one of the hot topics from Cyber Maryland, the conference in 2023. As you mentioned, the world of post quantum is looming. And there are a number of countries that are racing to develop quantum computing as a technology and as a, something that's deployable widely. Some of the insights that we gained this year are that work needs to be done on developing post-quantum cybersecurity policies now to develop quantum-resistant cryptography and a few other things that will really enable everyone to survive the implementation of quantum. Because as we know, as soon as the computing power combines with artificial intelligence and really starts to work on the existing algorithms and security methodologies, they'll become instantly obsolete. And we need to be ready for that and have a next step in mind and ready to go. So the race is on and we'll see how that develops. It should be an interesting developmental program to watch. We heard Laura mention that she was concerned also about small companies because if perhaps the government wasn't stepping up their game over the next few years on quantum, then smaller companies stand no chance also. But I'm curious, David, your thoughts on where does the private sector and the government come together or do they not in any area, especially when it comes to quantum, preparing for this, putting research dollars essentially into this emerging technology to defend against it in the future? Again, another great question. The first part of the question is more about information sharing and how do we make sure that small businesses or anyone, frankly, that doesn't have the resources of a large or multinational corporation to implement security policies and protocol, how do we secure the entire food chain in terms of cybersecurity? And so a lot of that is based on information sharing on public-private partnerships, government coordinating together with the communities that they're in to share capabilities and knowledge. And a lot of the really great tools for cybersecurity are very expensive and they're also proprietary. So the things that we're learning as we go through this, we need to be able to and willing to share. Communities like the one that Laura has built in Wyoming and around the country are starting to emerge where the community itself is getting together to develop tools and then distributing tools across the community for the benefit of all. So the small businesses in the community, the banks, hospitals, schools, and so forth, and then individual homeowners and individual citizens being able to leverage tools that are available through these community co-op type of approaches. That's becoming the trend. And I know that Laura's a leader in the country in helping to develop that. So those are some of the answers. I don't think the answers are completely thought through or out there yet. And the government and private sector are still getting their arms around solving the problem itself. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. 
Did you know that meetings are how the government communicates with itself? Planning a government event is a complex endeavor. The Federal Business Council, otherwise known as FBC, will expertly produce your in-person, hybrid, or virtual meeting while ensuring your compliance with unique government restrictions and information security policies. Visit FBC Inc. That's FBCinc.com to bring your event vision to life. FBC Events, the government's most trusted event partner for over four decades. And now back to the podcast. Well, another emerging problem is AI. And we spoke to Ray Vasquez, the president of Vertex 11. He shared some thoughts with us on artificial intelligence. Let's take a quick listen. In many respects, I'm trying to be the Paul Revere of AI risk management to let people know that it may be too late if we don't get ahead of where AI is going. There's a lot of new risks that are going to affect organizations, the government, personal lives. And so understanding what are those risks, why are they unique, and why action is needed now was part of what I was trying to do in today's session. David, how big of a discussion point is AI when it comes to federal agencies? It's at the top of the list or one of the top of the list topics. And it's also being looked at not just in terms of its capability, but what policy needs to be put in place for government agencies and for private businesses for use of AI and for whether it can be used in an organization and how it can be used. And then what are the ramifications of actually using it and understanding the consequences. So from a policy point of view, there are things that need to be done. And I don't think that the technology has really even been fully developed at this point. So we don't really understand the full potential that it represents. So what Ray was referring to in his presentation was that it needs to be managed as a risk area from the start. And it is a great tool, but we need to harness the tool and then manage its implementation either in government or in the private sector. So obviously, we only talked about a couple of the things covered during the Cyber Maryland conference. David, is there anything I missed that you want to share with us now? Sure. There are a number of very bright spots in the cybersecurity world. Today's students, and we have a student competition alongside Cyber Maryland, the conference, and a job fair. So we get to see really the level of talent and the type of students that are coming in to compete. And every year, It's just a newly impressive set of students coming in to compete. Our area high schools in Maryland are fully engaged. They're creating cybersecurity clubs, competition teams, and really pulling together the students in our area to really take on the cybersecurity as a career opportunity. But one of the, I guess, best things that we saw at the conference was we had about 300 student competitors on the first day competing for the Cyber Maryland Challenge. And all of them were excellent, well-prepared, well-educated, and aware, and came in and just had a great competition. So that's a huge bright spot, very bright spot for our community. So that's one of the things that I think we need to focus on because workforce development is always a high priority. And as many as 95% of the open cybersecurity jobs are not able to be filled by today's qualified candidates because there are so many. So we need to continue to work on building the cybersecurity workforce and programs like the Maryland Cyber Competition and what the schools are doing around Maryland, the high schools, the community colleges, the four-year colleges to prepare students is essential. 
And then one more point, community colleges are really emerging as a place where students are getting a cybersecurity education and able to take that and translate that into almost immediate employment. So Maryland cyber community at the community college level is very robust and very active. So we see a lot of students coming out of those programs and going immediately into very high paying jobs. Those are happening all around us. So a couple of really bright spots coming out of the conference. You strike me as someone who's optimistic about the future as well. You're saying, look at all this amazing talent that's going to come up soon. Maybe just that there's not quite enough of them yet, but look at all these amazing people that are going to enter the cybersecurity workforce and help us with all these issues. Is that fair to say? That is fair. I'd agree with that. And that is probably the most compelling and optimistic part of what we're looking at. The threat continues to evolve. We have billions of dollars invested in solutions and companies, yet attacks continue to happen. And the real bright spot is the person or the group that's going to solve this problem in the future are these students that are coming up through the competition who've been around computers their entire lives. They understand it inherently. It's a part of who they are. And so the next level of solution will be coming from that group. I'm sure of it. Well, another bright spot is something that's on our calendars, which is FBC is hosting a bunch more conferences upcoming this year in 2024. I was just looking at your calendar. I just picked out two that I wanted to highlight here. The 2024 DOD Global Information Conference that's happening in March and the 2024 Air Force Intelligence Community Security Review Board, which is a virtual event, and that's coming up as well in 2024. David, you could touch upon those conferences or pick out others. I'm just so curious what you got on the calendar. Well, those are two highlighted. The question that you started the interview with about is cybersecurity a continuing ongoing topic? Is the priority still there? Absolutely. These are conferences and many others like them to discuss the issue. Government communicates with itself mostly in the form of meetings. So anyone that's related to a specific topic or subject matter area comes together to talk about the problem, to talk about solutions, identify some ways to solve the problem into the future and engage with industry partners, really just bring the community together around a problem that needs to be solved or a current and ongoing problem. So that's where the conferences come from that we work on. So we're fortunate we get to work with a number of different government agencies who have cybersecurity as a top priority. Most of them do. But the ones that are gathering to talk about solutions, we help them pull those conferences together. And those are happening throughout the country. The two that you mentioned, again, are coming up soon. We have many, many more. I don't know if we have time to go into all of them, but they can be seen at our website. And anybody that's interested can certainly call in and we'll give them any information that they need. A loaded question, maybe, because I have a feeling you're going to say all of them, but do you have a favorite that you're looking forward to this year? Well, just near and dear to my heart is the Cyber Maryland Conference 2024. It'll be in December again in College Park, Maryland. That's one that I just look forward to every year. It's been in production for 12 years now. We started in 2011, and this will be the 13th year. Thinking of skipping the number 13 and just making it the 14th (laughs) hotel or a building, but that's where we are in that cycle. I really enjoy that one. We have another few events, one coming up in Honolulu, and everyone loves to go to that one. There's a procurement conference that comes up in June of this year that is an annual event for us. Cybersecurity, again, is on everyone's mind and it's part of this procurement conference, but it also is about small businesses finding opportunities to sell products to government agencies and that includes with cybersecurity solutions. There are so many events that are going on. It's hard to pick a favorite. They're all great. It just depends on what you want to accomplish while you're there in the community that you want to reach. And you can find those on our website and then take a look at what matches up with you and we'll take it from there if you have any interest. 
I do want to circle back to Cyber Maryland because that is an important conference. I know CyberCrime Magazine will be talking about this a bit more as we get closer, but is it too early to ask any sneak peeks, maybe a guest speaker or who you have coming or anything like that that you want to share? It might be a little too early to ask. We want to have the director of the cybersecurity directorate for the National Security Agency back again. He's an excellent speaker and he definitely really sets the stage for the messaging and for the sessions that are coming up. We're redoing and reigniting the Seeking Cyber Maryland podcast, and that will be recorded and send out a, a monthly episode to Cybercrime Magazine's podcast site. So we'll have that going on. This year, we'll again do a job fair, and the student competition proves to be even bigger and better than last year, along with all of the sessions and the industry expo that takes place alongside of the conference. So there are a lot of things that are part of the conference. We always make it really in sync with what is happening in the state. So this year we'll probably touch on the Cyber Maryland legislation that was just moved from a bill into law in Maryland. There's actually a law called the Cyber Maryland Program, and it is really designed to help give just ongoing support for any company that wants to engage in cybersecurity in Maryland and help Maryland grow its cybersecurity ecosystem and economy. So that's probably going to be one of the hot topics, but we'll take a look at what's happening in the real world and shape the content around that. But thanks for asking. David, I'm looking forward to it. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Paul. For WCYB Digital Radio, I'm Paul John Spaulding. Joining me was David Powell, CEO at the Federal Business Council, a producer of events to foster meaningful engagement for federal government agencies, the Department of Defense, and the intelligence community throughout the United States. To learn more about our sponsor, visit fbcinc.com.